Welcome to the Genuinely You podcast channel, which is packed with advice and tips on how to live your life with purpose. Do you wish you felt happy and fulfilled? Are you feeling stuck, wishing things could be better? Are you ready to take some action and create the life you want? To start living an empowered life, you need to recognize and make full use of the power and freedom that comes from being genuinely you. Your host is Gina Gardner, a number one best-selling author whose whole life has been about supporting people to achieve personal empowerment, helping people just like you recognize that they can. Hello there, it's Gina Gardner and I'm your host for Passionate World Radio. I'm very pleased to welcome you today and to introduce to you uh, Rachel Davidson who joins me in our chats um, on these shows. Our theme today is that critical voice in our head. We all have one, you know, the I should have, I shouldn't, I must, I mustn't, I could have, why didn't I, um, that goes round and round in, in our heads. And I use the words critical voice because it's much more likely that the words that are going round in your head are pejorative, negative, than saying, yeah, well done, that was a tricky situation, you handled it very well. It's I find it quite fascinating that the voice that, that we have in our heads is often that of a critical parent or a critical teacher. Mm. Um, and it's often overcritical in the sense that it may be right to criticise the event, but it doesn't just criticise the event and let it go. It becomes like a broken down gramophone record. Yeah. And many of our listeners will be too young to remember gramophone records. <laughs> Um, <laughs> they're coming back into fashion but for those of you that um, for, that a record player and the old fashioned vinyl records yeah, are yeah. an anathema um, if the needle got stuck yeah. the same phrase would go over and over and over again it wasn't until you knocked the needle that it would get past the whatever was causing the problem Yeah. and I think most of us fear the critical voice of others but actually fail to recognise that the most damaging critical voice that we ever have yeah. is our own. It's so true, and uh, I often catch myself thinking uh, stuff about myself that I wouldn't dare say to anybody else. <laughs> I think that's very true. Not even a stranger in the street who I had absolutely guarantee would never meet again. I, I would never be so rude or critical of somebody else as I am to myself. I mean, one of the, the things, we've talked about it on the show, is... is um, the, the test for me is, if you were talking to a, a, a best friend, yeah, would you speak to them, treat them in that way? Would you go on and on and on at them? And of course, the answer to that is no, because yeah. if you did, you wouldn't have best friend. Exactly. They'd say, "I'm not, I'm not yeah. stopping around for this. this." And yet, <laughs> we subject ourselves to this um, huge barrage of yeah. negativity. Yeah. Many people on a pretty regular basis, it's yeah. it's a consistent voice that's going around in, yes. in the head. Now, there there is a point to having a voice which keeps you on the straight and narrow. Mm. You know, your conscience, that little Jiminy Cricket on your shoulder which says, do you know what, that wasn't a good idea. Yeah. yeah. But instead of allowing you to learn from it, put it right, mm. so far as it's humanly possible, yes. and then... Forgive yourself and let it go. Yes. We fail to do the third thing. Yes, yes. We we beat ourselves up. Um, I was reading a book recently um, 
the 12 rules for life and um, and again I've forgotten the author's name which is classic for me being an author <laughs> but the thing that was, strikes me about about this conversation about critical voice is he talks about people who have a, a chronic potentially life-threatening disease and he talks about how the statistics on these people who are given medication that they must take in order to you know protect their bodies or um, you know maintain a certain level of health um, how more often than not a vast proportion of these people will not medicate themselves they just don't take the medicine and therefore they end up getting sick again and this same sample group is um, compared to do they have pets and do their pets need medication and in the sample where they have pets and their pets need medication these people are diligent about giving medication to their pets in the in the 180 degree difference to how they are diligent about themselves and he asks the question in the book why is this why why would an, a sensible intelligent human being who's been explained very clearly that you know you need to take this medication because of, of this and uh, keep yourself healthy why would they act so opposite you know against themselves in that way and there's lots of conversation in the book but i think it i think it comes down to critical voice <laughs> well, and critical voice is absolutely based on the relationship we have with ourselves. Exactly. And it's interesting for me, I think, how persistent that critical voice is. That, you know, I work, as you know, with, with many, many people, and self belief and self confidence, even in the most successful people, and often in the most successful people, um, that their sense of self mm. actually is not positive right and for many people that is actually why they become so successful that's the paradox yes. in order to try and prove to themselves that actually they're okay yes they strive for ever greater things yes the problem with that is often it's never enough mm. to make them feel good about themselves mm -hmm. and for me one of the the, the most critical elements to that mm. um, is how we speak to ourselves and how we speak of ourselves. Mm. I mean, you notice how many people will dumb themselves down when they're talking to other people about their achievements. Yes, and how many people are incapable of accepting a compliment. Yeah, they yeah. don't feel that they deserve it, they don't feel comfortable in that. Yeah. But I'd ask our listeners to think, you know, what is it if you can't sleep at night? Mm. I bet it's not a voice saying, well done. <laughs> yes. It's that voice that says, oh, should have done this, shouldn't mm. have done that. You're going to mess up, you're going to fail, it's all going to be a disaster. Why are you even bothering? Yeah. yeah. Um, and that critical voice is something which becomes more and more entrenched. Mm. And the more it is allowed free reign... Mm the less likely we are to question it mm. because it becomes our standard operation, yeah. our standard pattern. Yeah, yeah. And I would ask you, you know, for me it's all about fairness. I'm not expecting you to treat yourself better uh, because I think that, that has other problems, but at least to treat yourself as you would others yes. and not to to start treating other people as badly as you treat yourself no. <laughs> but actually raise the game in terms of the way in which you treat yourself yes and that if you have a critical voice that's going on and on and on my first question is is that truly your voice or is it that in your early life 
you received a lot of criticism from a parent or from a teacher mm. or from a sibling mm. or all three. Mm. And what's interesting to me is very often the motive behind that was to try and make um, the person who's on the receiving end be more motivated, be more energised, be to do better. Mm. But actually the result has been the opposite and it's been yes. that that person has taken on board the belief that they're not good enough. Yes. Um, which was never the intention. No. And if you're interested in looking at... Um, you know, how motives can skew things. We've done a programme called It's Not All About Me, mm. um, and I would suggest that you perhaps listen to that. It's available on um, on the radio show, also on most of the major platforms, YouTube yeah. and, and so on, and it's available on the website, genuinely-you.com. Yeah. Because these things go so... They're so closely aligned. Yes. That our beliefs about ourselves, and they colour every... W- the interpretation of every situation, yeah. but they also are what drives that critical voice. Yes. So yes. if you believe that you are worthy, that you are enough, you are less likely mm. to have the critical voice, and particularly less likely for that critical voice to go on and on and on. I think mm. there's always going to be days when you, you know, that mm. voice asserts yeah. itself yeah. but it's less likely to become as destructive as it has the potential to be. Yeah, I can remember a time in my life when I was working in in a in corporate organizations and so you know the hours were long the dedication required from you was extraordinary and um, I can remember being very tough on myself being very critical of what I was doing and always trying to do better and that involved long hours and lots of headaches and then somebody and I don't remember who it was, but and it may have even been a book, but this phrase appeared in my life, which was, just remember that you are a human being working in earth time. Yes. And, and it was a real moment of, oh, I'm allowed to be human. Oh, I'm allowed to say there are only so many hours in the day. I think there's a paradox here. And it's that paradox between allowing oneself to be human and mm. giving oneself um, the opportunity to recognize that failure in and of itself yeah. is not the worst thing that can happen no and because often that's where you learn isn't it yeah and I think uh, I know from my own life so I probably spend more time in inverted commas failing yeah <laughs> than I do succeeding that the moments of feeling I absolutely nailed that or um Oh, 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 look at how many books I've sold. They come in, in very few occasions in life. The rest of life is about hard work and consolidation and, and going around and around circles trying to improve it. And, and so, generally speaking, if you're, if you're constantly criticising yourself for failing, then, well, that, I mean, A, you're, you're concentrating on the failure rather than the success. So, I mean, that's what's in your mind and that's what the universe is hearing you think about so that's what the universe is going to give you <laughs> but but most people most humans spend most of their time trying and failing yes the the famous um inventors they they spend most of their time failing until they finally get the successful product but let's now re-language that mm. they spend most of their time developing oh. and that within that failure exactly. And I know that's what you mean, but I think yeah. it's important that we really no, no. hammer the point <laughs> yeah, home. Yeah. That it's in that 
it not being right that you learn what needs to be different so for me it's about you aim for some i i would talk within my school that you aim for excellence and the only failure is when you fail to learn yes the only failure is if you well that's not true there's two failures if you fail to learn or if you fail to give it a go in the first place don't get started yes that's a failure yes but in the in the the doing of it, in the iteration, the repetition, Mm. the idea is to, can I improve upon this small part or that small part? Yes. And I'm reminded of sports people. You know, if you imagine an ice skater, for example, they'll spend hours and hours and hours Mm. perfecting a move until it becomes the only possible outcome because it's in the the muscle memory because they are so practiced in making sure that it's right yes but if they saw every time they did it wrong as a failure yeah they would never get past the beginning stage no it it would just it would just crush them wouldn't it yes yeah and and i think that is what people a lot of people's critical voice does to them it crushes them and I think that's one of the big differences between people who are highly successful and sustain success. Mm. If you look back at you know the, the most successful people in life, they've all had, some of them, cataclysmic failures. <laughs> yeah. um, they've yeah. become bankrupt. They you know, All sorts of things have failed. Yeah. But they have used that to learn and the platform to move on. Yes. And I would be interested to know, if for highly successful people whether that critical voice is actually saying you're useless you didn't do it or yeah. that voice is saying well actually if you do this that could make it better yeah i heard um, i heard david beckham on the radio recently uh, the in- england footballer as he was and uh, the world cup uh, soccer world cup is is ongoing as we record this and um, he was recalling the time when in his i can't remember which year the world cup was on but he made a mistake and got sent off the field and England lost the match. Now, it's debatable whether that was because in- uh, David Beckham got sent off the field because <laughs> there are many other players on the field just other than David Beckham. But he was vilified in the national press, yeah. um, taunted, and for, for the whole year afterwards, whenever he played football, um, he was booed by the fans and all this sort of stuff. So a great example of a critical voice magnified to a national level. And... Um, and yet he had the most successful season next that, that he'd ever had. And when he was questioned and sort of, so how did you cope? What, you know, what was it? Um, he said, do you know what? In that moment on, on that World Cup playing field, I made a mistake. I'm human. Mm-hmm. Um, the thing is, I learned from it and, and I've never made that mistake again yet. Yes. And I don't plan to. I, I, I'm aware of it now. And in that sort of, you know, very obvious statement... There's a lot of power, isn't there? Because Huge. there's an example of a human being who who erred. Yeah. And and, and we are and all didn't going to crush himself, yeah. even though he was put under the most pressure. That I mean, you know, thankfully, I'm never going to come under national criticism like well, that. Well, probably international because he's so well known. Exactly. Yes. But he coped with it and was just human in the moment of I failed. Yes, I made a mistake. It it's not the end of the world. People do make mistakes. The point was I acknowledged it. I analysed why, and I'm not going to do it again. Yes. yes. And for me, that, that that's a wonderful example of how 
making a mistake has actually strengthened that person. Yes. Has made them more aware, more more able to move on and to do better in the future. Yes. And that's a lesson to us all, isn't it? I think it's I think that critical voice leads the discussion around critical voice leads us to the subject of forgiveness, doesn't it? Absolutely. Yeah. And we've talked about forgiveness on our, our programme before, um, and people find it, in generally speaking, easier to forgive other people than yes. they do to forgive themselves. Yes. I find that quite fascinating, really. Yes. And I think part of it is that we're brought up that um, to believe that that forgiving ourselves is letting ourselves off the hook. Yes. Where for me, what the first thing you have to do is to recognise that you've made a mistake or that you that you hope, whether it's been done um, because you have not been mindful or yes. because it's been done deliberately. And I think there's a yeah. huge difference. Yeah. A mistake by omission is still a mistake, yeah. but the motive is very different. Yeah. Um, that the thing to do really is to ask yourself, what is the lesson that I need to learn? Yeah. And the second question, not necessarily in that order, is how can I make amends? Yes. Because I think it's important wherever possible to go back and to say to whoever that mistake has affected, I'm truly sorry. Yes. I've learnt from it. Yes. Um, or if you've done something wrong that can be put right to yes. make sure that you go back and do it. Yeah. Um, and then, having done that and learnt the lesson, yeah. to actually say, now it's time to forgive myself and move on. Yes. Because otherwise it's a, a, like having a chain yanking you back into the past, yes. which diminishes your capacity to live your present and your future fully. Yes. Yes. And I don't think that's ever what was intended. No. Um, it's not helpful you staying stuck in the past um, of that mire of feeling bad about whatever it is yeah. doesn't make anything else better. Yeah. But what it does is it takes away the capacity for you to grow and be a better person. I always think of like a um, the pilot of a massive ship tanker thing who discovers that they're on the wrong course. And so they don't beat themselves up about it, they just make the minor correction and... and and the ship writes itself and off they go. But but often I think the process is that if you're not careful, what you do is you realise you're on the wrong course, you, you you make the minor correction, but then you keep beating yourself up for being on the wrong course, so you overcorrect, overcorrect, overcorrect. Yeah. And now, of course, you're on a completely different wrong course. Yeah, is that's a really worse? lovely analogy, <laughs> isn't it? Yeah. I think what I would say to those of you that are listening is think back over the last couple of weeks and think back to those situations where you've given yourself credit for what you've done when you've done a good job because I often find with clients that there is a direct relationship um, disproportionate relationship between those who have an overly critical voice also have an under um, critical less likely to give themselves credit when things do go well, that's yes. been, I didn't put that particularly well, um, and so it becomes a double whammy. Yes. Rather than there being a balance, and I think it's important that there is a balance. Yeah. That you're not, you don't give yourself credit for stuff that's not credit worthy, um, 
but at the same time that you're not overcritical um, or you don't hold on to the criticism long after you've learnt the lesson and you've got things right. Yes. And it's getting that balance which is really important. Yeah. So I would say go look back over the last couple of weeks and look at you know each situation and ask yourself if somebody else was involved in this situation mm. would I be giving them credit would I be saying well done mm. would I be saying do you know what you could do that better and let's think about how mm. would you be beating them up yeah. yeah and start to be very conscious about a balance a fair balance mm. that however you are whatever criteria you use for other people that you use the same criteria that you use for you yes now people say to me uh, when I'm working with them but how do you shut that voice up mm. well the, the first thing is to give yourself do what I've just suggested and look at the balance because if you have done something wrong yeah then take responsibility for it yeah put it right if you can yeah but then Give yourself permission to say to the voice in your head, yeah. I've looked at it, I recognise my mistake, yeah. I have put it right so far as I can, yeah. I'm learning from this, yeah. so now I need you to stop. Shut up. Yes, and, and actually that's a very interesting thing because the, uh, the knee-jerk reaction is, I want, this, I want this thing to go away and I don't want to hear it, and I don't want to even acknowledge that it exists, this critical voice. But in actual fact, in denying it... You give it power, don't you? You used an, an analogy um, recently about um, creating a dragon in a box, and all the dragon really wants to, to have is to be acknowledged, to yes. be seen. And then he's not going to grow into a massive dragon that consumes the whole house. Uh, and Liz Gilbert, um, the, the writer of uh, Big Magic, I did remember her name <laughs> as an author, she talks about um, feeling the fear and, and actually inviting the fear to come in yeah. and sit down next to her. And, but then she says to her fear, you can sit, you can be part of the party, I'm human, that involves being fearful, but you are not in the driving seat. You get to say something, you get to put, put your opinion in, but you are not in the driving seat. Um, and in that way, she deals with doing scary stuff because she listens to her fear and its opinion and and possibly changes what she's going to do based on what it has to say, but it never drives her. I think that's really powerful and useful mm. because fear, fear has a purpose. Yes. Our unconscious mind has one purpose, it's to keep us safe. Yes. The challenge in modern day living is... Um, it's not as black and white as it was when we were cavemen and women, where you know there was a a, a threat from an animal that was going to eat us, yeah. or there was a threat because there wasn't enough food, or it was too cold, or yeah. from a marauding clan of other cavemen. Yes. Yeah. The problem is that our threats assume the same level of importance and significance yes but they're actually more emotional and spiritual threats yes than they are physical threats yeah but our unconscious mind cannot tell the difference no and i think that i think from a biology biology point of view that's because those instincts are in the um the very base brainstem isn't absolutely it? yes sort of the limbic system so other people talk about taming the chimp don't they and, yes. and, and it's essentially saying the same thing which is you know at, at, at the very deep level your um, most powerful emotions come from a time when you didn't have a load of cerebral stuff yeah and so 
they're valid because they're, you know, they're triggered by circumstance, but to react upon them without thought and consideration is probably, in the modern world, going to end up making you feel bad. <laughs> and the, the challenge actually is that whilst in the old world when you were, uh, the, the threat was immediate and life-threatening, yes. These days, the threat is still life-threatening. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's not in the immediate. It's in the the um, the build-up of yeah. one fear on top of another fear on top of another, which yeah. has an impact on our physiology. Yeah. We've talked about the um, the we release the um, fright and flight hormones, yes. adrenaline, cortisol, yes. hydrocortisone, and those if they stay in the system and they're not burnt off by exercise, by laughter. Yeah by actually a different way of thinking, mm. um, end up with high blood pressure, um, they impact on our immune system, and all sorts of things, yes. which actually are just as life-threatening. It just takes years to get there. Yes, yes. Um, and our critical voice, I think, is a really important component yeah. in that when there is a fear, instead of inviting it in, which I think is a really great way to do it, acknowledging that you are fearful, yeah. fearful of not being enough, yeah. fearful of being found wanting, fearful of being in the wrong, yeah. fearful of being rejected because we're in the wrong, yes. are very significant fears. Yes. And although there is no tiger or lion, actually... They are just as threatening, yes, and in many ways more because they get to the very heart of who we are. Yes, and so yes. I think the the issue of acknowledging that that critical voice is there is important. Yes. Try to ignore it; it will reassert itself. Yes, yes. it's about dealing with it yes. and recognizing what underpins that critical voice. Yes, and I would say almost without exception. What underpins that critical voice that keeps on mm. is a sense of being enough. Yeah. Having confidence in who we are. Yeah. Having a sense of, a balanced sense of self-worth. Yes. And for me, it's about, as I say, treating ourselves as a valued friend, mm. not giving ourselves greater importance or greater status than anybody else, mm. but certainly not giving less. Mm. Yeah, there's that there's that yin and yang circle, isn't there? And and the point of of that uh, symbol to me is not in the opposite of black and white, but in that line in the middle, where where they come together, and it's that line in the middle that um, the universe is balanced upon. Yes. And and so that sim symbol to me speaks very much of, you know, you, uh, I think this is the intention, but. But in order to find a peace and and um, sense of, of purpose and higher self, you have to traverse the middle line, yes. which occasionally means putting a you know a foot in both camps. But you can't. <laughs> there's no way anybody in a human existence is going to get it right oh, all the time. Oh. And of course, my right might not be your right. Oh, yeah, yeah, so yeah. you've not only got to, to negotiate your own set of rules about and blueprint about what's right and wrong, yes. but you're also trying to navigate yes. other people's blueprints, which yes. um, might use the same language but will be completely different. Yeah, absolutely. And, and, and of course, that's the reality of growing up is... is um, 
to find yourself, to find your own meaning of that, because the influence of parents and siblings and peer group is, is considerable. Yes, um, and, you know, growing up, I think, is a lifelong um, exercise. Oh, yes. You like to <laughs> yes. think, you know, you get to... I can remember at 15 saying to my mum, you know, I'm grown up now, you can't tell me what to do. Um, <laughs> you waited until 15 to say that to me? Well, <laughs> uh, what's interesting is that if I hear a voice in my head, often it's my mum. Right. Not that she was overly critical, but my mum was very clear about there's a right way and a wrong way right. to do things. Yes. I don't think it's quite so clear cut. Yeah. But it tends to be in the practical jobs, you know, when I'm trying to do a shortcut, that I can oh. hear my mum say... That's not how I taught you. Um, um, but I, what I would say to all of you as we're coming to pretty much towards the end of this programme is, as I said, audit the last couple of weeks. Mm. Look at when you have been um, open to learning without being overly critical. Yes. How often has that voice, that critical voice, which is not encouraging you to do better mm. but is actually knocking you down yeah and if you have that voice going on then I would really urge you to do something about it mm. because it's so destructive yeah it doesn't make you perform better it makes you less resourced it makes you feel bad yeah. it makes you small yeah and stepping into your power being genuinely you is acknowledging that you are human and that you do at times do it wrong yeah. or that certainly there are times when you could do it differently or better yeah and recognizing that it's a learning process yes. now this doesn't in any way let you off the hook no you have to take responsibility for everything you say and do yeah how you do it when you do it or whether you do it at all yes everything in life is a choice because let's face it if your if your mind is capable of creating a negative thought about yourself it is capable of creating a positive thought about Absolutely. yourself. Absolutely. And that is a choice that you have. You can hear the negative thought and you can choose, I will balance that with a positive thought. And that positive thought would be, could be, I've learnt from that, I'll, I will work on doing better in the future. Yeah. Um, rather than, it, you know, it's, I've got to have done something positive to balance the, the oh, negative. Yeah, 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 no. I think it's just want to clarify that it is about yeah. the way in which you interpret what you've done yeah. and taking things forward. If you find yourself making the same mistake over and over again, you have to ask yourself the question what's going on? Yeah. Why are you sabotaging your opportunity mm. to learn? Yeah. Um, and what I would say to you is that life is a journey and it is about learning from each experience how you can do things better in the future and however mm. good things are yeah. things can be even better yes and the relationship that you have with yourself is absolutely crucial to the quality of life that not only that you're going to have yeah. but within every interaction that you have with other people and with your environment yes so thank you very much for joining us today. Um, we love having you listen to our show. We'd, we'd really like to know um, what you think and whether you found things interesting or whether you agree or disagree with us. You can do that um, via my website, genuinely-you.com, or through the radio show, uh, Passionate World Radio. Um, we'd like to also invite you to um, 
have a look at our books. Both of us are best-selling, um, international best-selling authors. Rachel's book, The Point of Me, is available on Amazon, as is mine, Thriving, Not Surviving, The Five Secret Pathways to Happiness, Success and Fulfillment. Um, and that's available as a free digital download from the website, which is um, genuinely-u.com. Take care, uh, and we look forward to um, having you join us in the next show. So it's Gina Gardner here signing off, your host for Passionate World Radio. Bye now. You've just been listening to another great Genuinely You podcast. We hope you enjoyed it. Genuinely You is a culmination of Gina's work, spanning over 30 years, of helping people learn what makes them feel happy and truly fulfilled, and how to achieve it. Please visit genuinely-u.com today to find out more.